Welcome to Trans Chat, a place where trans, non-binary, and metagender folk talk about ourselves, our interests, and our community. One of the things in our dating podcast episode that I wanted to do that um, we didn't get around to at the time was discuss a couple of books that I've been reading that I feel are very helpful when um, somebody starts dating or is navigating dating. Um, And I will list those in the show notes for today. Uh, One of them uh, that I really enjoyed and think everybody should read, it's, it's geared towards a more age or uh, more all ages sort of thing. Um, I, I, I think my preteens, um, it would be appropriate to read it with them or discuss. It's called A Quick and Easy Guide to Consent by uh, Isabella Rotman. Um, it was colored by Luke Howard. Uh, this is part of a whole series that I've liked. They have a, uh, a guide to... I think gender identities using um, they them. Um, the same series has a guide to um, sex and disability, uh, which is good. Um, I'm reading a book called Consent: The New Rules of Sex Education: Every Teen's Guide to Healthy Sexual Relationships. I'm only partially through that one, so I, I can't speak to how. Um, Like, if, if, if it's as inclusive as, as I think it is. Um, a book that I've reread uh, recently that I think we've discussed, um, not, not on the podcast, but, um, you know, amongst the team, is, is a book by Mira Bellwether. Um, it's actually a large zine, and it's called Effing Trans Women. Um Yes, so so these are a few of the books um, related to dating. Uh, we'll continue to have episodes about that. Um, I think that we could do a whole episode on consent, um, which would be great. Uh, I think we could do a whole episode on um, aftercare. We could do a whole episode on um, boundary negotiating and being sure to respect other folks' boundaries and building that into your dating process. So today, I I had a couple of ideas of what we could chat about. I don't know okay. if you have a preference. Yeah, um, no, I not at all. I, I would love to follow along with whatever you've got, but before we do that, is there any way that I could ask you a question? Um, we could probably use this uh, portion of this um, on the the podcast if you would like to um so the premise the the question i'm asking um has to do with a response my mom received in a support group on facebook (laughs) okay okay so i want to know what your thought is on this um so somebody somebody was saying that they were having a hard time with accepting the fact that they're daughter was trans okay okay they kept using son and misgendering her and my mom chimed in and said that you know you never you never had a son like this is so like 
just you know it takes a little time sure but like just the like just love her you know and it'll come like and that was all she said and apparently um she was called a gaslighter <laughs> yeah it, exactly so we should go over the definition of gaslighting yeah and that's what <laughs> in our episode and, yes so what i'm what i'm getting at is do you what do you what are your thoughts on somebody saying well you never had a son okay well let's start with that okay i mean that's a tough one because there's so many ways to unpack that both as a positive and as a ooh, maybe this isn't the best wording um sure as as a parent of a trans daughter i i think of her as my daughter and i don't think of the first several years of her life being a, a separate boy version of of who this amazing kid is right um we just you know we were using the wrong label um sure. that happens that happens with neurodivergence with uh uh asthma with um anxiety or depression or bipolar right we, we sometimes have the wrong label um right. and i think it's helpful to recognize that right because there's so much time spent mourning trans people um from relatives and friends when and, and I, I i i i intellectually get it as a trans person with trans kids like for me them coming to me and talking to me about this it was great because i got to see more of them so so for me it's hard to kind of get this whole mourning process um and i think that a lot of focus is spent on that especially for parents of trans kiddos and so it's helpful to hear that um, i'm starting to appreciate though in one of my support groups for parents of queer folk um that having a space to mourn is helpful um and having places for some really awkward questions and some really hurtful framings um, is, is helpful. Uh, but I also feel like at the same time in those spaces of someone saying, kind of like what your mom did, um, you know, work through it. There'll, there'll be a time where it comes naturally. Um, and, you know, here's some alt framings to think about. And I think that I just rambled a lot without necessarily answering your question. No, I think you did. I just wanted your perspective on it, you know, because they, you know, there was a couple of people that kind of attacked her. Uh, for so, that. so that's not cool. Like yeah. I, 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 I've been attacked recently in, in a support group where uh i i was basically saying hey i don't know if you all know this but this practice that you're doing um causes harm and as somebody from these communities that we're talking about um y'all should just be aware that if you say this to um you know xyz person that it, it could have ramifications that are harmful and um i think that the folks that responded negatively just you know, they weren't in the headspace to not take any form of, of, of well, not criticism, but like suggestions as, as anything other than um, very critical and very, and, and so there's like, 
you know, a handful of folks that very aggressively responded about, you know, how judgmental I was being and how, how, um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't taking into account different things. And I was like, oh, I'm just letting y'all know that these things can hurt. Like you do what you want with that information. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so what are your thoughts? Like both, I... both as, as the kid, uh, to, to, to the, your mom. I, so I feel like, I feel like she picked up on my thoughts of my own and some of the things that I have picked up from other people over the years. And in a way I agree with it because I, I believe it myself. I don't believe I was ever a, a boy. Mm-hmm. So of course no, I was, I was also like six, you know, when I started figuring things out. So I, I guess, you know, I, I understand. And I think she understands that, um, there are differences in everybody's experiences and that, and that sure it's possible for somebody to believe that they were a guy up until they were not. Yeah. Um, and, 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 you know, we don't get to tell trans folks their experiences. Absolutely. Most of the people that I have talked to feel that way too. Right. I right. understand myself as not understanding that I wasn't a boy up to a certain point and then realizing, Oh, it's because I'm actually trans. Right. Like this, this makes sense. And then, um, you know, for me, it, it, it helped that some of my medical history kind of worked with that. The sorts of changes that your body undergoes related to puberty didn't happen or happen differently sort of thing. And so there, there are things that, you know, beyond just memories of experiences that kind of informed that whole thing. And I am rambling. We'll probably cut part of that. But um like, yeah, like when I refer to myself growing up, um, I found it very e- helpful to refer to it as a tomboy phase instead of using he pronouns or I'll find myself telling a story and it's hard not to dead name myself because it's a story I've told 20 years for 20 years sort of thing. Um, and it's always been a certain way. And that's helped me understand that like when my parents are referencing the past, it's even harder for them. Um, or, or for certain people when they're talking about an experience and, and they've told it many times before using a dead name or perhaps, you know, different pronouns that, you know, there's a process there. Um, I think that what your mom said though, kind of goes with the zeitgeist, right? Or, or the, the gestalt, um, of trans folk describing their experiences they say look i wasn't a boy or i wasn't a girl um until i started transitioning um and we get a lot of turfy language right where um people say okay well you were socialized as a male or you were socialized as a female and so you don't have those shared experiences that are intrinsic to being male or female or non-binary or what have you and i mean that's such that's so much bullshit Right. I mean, again, coming from a historian's perspective, um, there is no universally accurate male or female or universally applicable experiences. Right. Um, 
when we're describing trans folk, I think it's more precise to say this person may have been socialized as as male or female, but that doesn't mean that they experience that socialization the same way that a male or female would have. Um, I didn't know why I felt incredibly unsafe in a group of two or more men at any given point my entire life until I had uh, uh, very scary um, situation in a bus station bathroom that I won't get into because I don't want to have to write a bunch of TWs. I'm hoping that we can record this. I will be able to uh, clean it up and then drop it like in the next day or so. <laughs> so I don't want to have to get into that. But um, I didn't I didn't know why until I had a very rape adjacent experience and um, I was lucky. But it really hit home and clicked. Like I used to, I used to pee or use the restroom um, with an open knife because I felt so uncomfortable and unsafe using the restroom. Like as a kid, until well, I mean, I still do that sometimes when when like a police officer follows me to the restroom and is waiting out there. I get a little nervous and. Um, or oftentimes a couple of concerned parents will follow me to the restroom sort of thing. And, um, I feel very unsafe in, in that situation as well. I, uh, <clears throat> I still avoid gendered bathrooms when I have the opportunity just because I see and hear these stories and I just, I don't know, I guess I just, that's one piece of energy I don't want to have to expend. Yeah. So, um, I mean, do you, I, I guess, you know, this, this episode can just be trans experiences. I mean, we, we're talking about them. Um, <laughs> sure. uh, we might as well keep talking about them. We can. Um, what, what, uh, with my kids, I, when we go out in public, we've got several things that we do, um, where they know if I tell them X, Y, Z, they need to do X, Y, Z for safety. If somebody's, um, uh, approaching me aggressively or one of my trans kiddos we've got different protocols in place i don't know that as many cis parents have to do that um, i do know that folks um, of color and other marginalized communities definitely have similar things in place and um, they they go over how do you respond in these situations um you know i I don't teach my kiddos that cops are safe, um, which is something that a lot of folks in my family or a cohort of, of white people, um, that's, that's a very big message for them. For a trans person, that's, that's not safe. I mean, for, for a person of color, for a disabled person, for a neurodivergent person, there's a lot of people that it's not safe. So I guess wrapping back around, um, do you have similar protocols with your family that you discuss? Or what do you do if somebody breaks into the house um, as part of, like, we've got a pride flag up now. And I felt it was necessary to discuss stuff with my kiddos when we put it up. I mean, I think I'm a little bit different than most people. Uh, uh, I... Uh... I have some home defense uh, available for me, so that's fair. I'm also trained on how to use it. Also have tactical training. 
Well, there, there's also so. a, a, an approach difference, right? When when somebody yeah. approaches you aggressively, um, you're not in a wheelchair looking exactly feet up. That's that was that was where I was getting. That's where I was going with this because I'm six feet tall, and I'm pretty big. So, yes, I I would desire to be five seven um, in small frames, but I have what I have. Yeah, and so I'm pretty intimidating, um, especially if I'm upset or angry. So, uh. So I don't have that problem. I, I don't necessarily feel unsafe in public, um, but I can definitely understand why anybody would. Um, I wish there was a way for me to tell people that feel unsafe that I've got their back. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, I, I think that's one of the reasons why uh, accessories and clothing and gestures and, um, you know, other queer cues um we're signaling to each other uh I, I know that when i go out i want people to know they're not alone i do the same and i wear bracelets and stuff i'll yeah. just you know whatever and and i know I, I i know that i'm instantly more comfortable when i'm in an area that i can identify okay there's there's a lot of queer folk here and and i get that you know, with any community, cohesion isn't necessarily a, a, a reasonable expectation. But um, I think that that there is more than just a uh, ratio of the human population that are just decent folks that would help each other. Um, whatever that ratio is for the for the world, I think it's a little bit higher within you know queer communities because we've been hurt. We have um, very painful histories. Um, and and yeah. so, you know, a lot of us would give an arm and a leg to prevent that from happening to another person. I know I will. I absolutely will. And I'm going to tell you right now, if I ever see it in public, I'm going to, I'm not going to just stand there and watch it. Yeah. So well, I think you, that's... May, you might see me on the news. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, uh, woman de-escalates uh, scenario. Yeah. Um, a aggressor was foolish, got knocked, knocked on their ass, and like, you're not going yeah. to jail or something because that's that's another you know trans reality. Absolutely, um, you know, and it's something that informs some of my fears, uh, especially especially in conservative areas where uh yeah i think the person is already looking for trouble when when they approach me sort of thing like i, I feel that that well has been poisoned um just by my appearance you know i've i've gotten some of those vibes in the past but um i'm still in such a way different situation oh, yeah. than you like i think they have to size up they have to like really think about do i really want to do this because i i still have yet to be confused for a, a woman in public still to this day like no one's confusing me for for a, a trans woman like 
it doesn't matter how big my boobs get. It doesn't matter like if I wear makeup. It doesn't matter what I wear. I'm just this big guy to everybody. So um, that's what they see. And for the protection aspect, I guess it's a blessing. Because uh, nobody messes with me. Nobody messes with me anywhere. Yeah. They just don't. So I'm, 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 I'm wondering if maybe my experiences are atypical and folks' experiences are more similar to yours. So our uh, audience, if you would like to email us and let us know, that would be helpful. Uh, yeah. like I get I get stressed out when I'm with another adult human being and they're driving and we're breaking the speed limit because I don't want to deal with that conversation if we get pulled over. <laughs> the same thing for other other uh, other stuff. Like the collar of my jackets after I had somebody pull me around uh, in the wheelchair now have spikes on them so that somebody can't comfortably do that again. Sorry, that was random tidbit. No, but but it's true and something that I don't deal with and I never have. I mean, I've walked in San Juan, Puerto Rico or in, you know, New York City or Los Angeles or Dallas in the dark. Big cities, you know, like I've. And it's yeah, maybe I was a little bit more heightened or aware of what was going on around me, but. I still didn't feel unsafe. Yeah. And I really, I was going to say, I I think, um, I think people are probably going to be more on board with you. I think I'm the atypical one here. Okay. Well, it's helpful for folks to hear, you know, multiple, uh, perspectives on, on those things. Um, I was talking to my wife, um, not too long ago, um, about how odd it is that when I was in Arusha, uh, you know, I, I went and I walked down to their marketplace and towards, uh, you know, activity um, when it was dark and night. And uh, here here was a, a person using a, a, a cane. And so that was something that, you know, lots of folks wanted to make sure that I was aware of while doing international work is that the cane would immediately make me, um, you know, an easier target than, than other folks. Uh, that had its own level of anxiety, which often was much lower than me being out in like Utah or out in Colorado. Um, or when I was in Texas to, to go get my wife's birth certificate, um, I was, I was out. I had, uh, the bright purple hair. I had my skirt, which was lovely and flowy. And I miss, um, unfortunately wheelchairs and skirts are not allies <laughs> sounds like a product that needs to be designed uh yes that would be nice um, if you happen to know of something please send us an email oh yeah trans trans chat at genderfreedomsociety.org we would love to hear about it definitely um so do you have any other experience that you want to specifically talk about maybe because i i had pulled up some jargon and I figured it would be kind of fun uh, in a similar vein of the asking back and forth previously uh, that we could try to find jargon that the other one doesn't know or see, you know, if you know what this is. Let's do it. Thing. Okay. So some of these, I'm, I'm going to put a, a, a heads up right here. Um, some of these are 
slang terms that are no longer used or okay. have changed in respectability. We'll go with that. Uh, I was okay. kind of debating whether or not we should use this or use any of these uh, slurs, but I think it may be helpful for folks to know that they're not positive. I don't know. What do you, what do you think? I think, um, yeah, we could probably just add a little buffer here. Okay. Um, so let's record that. That was the warning. Um, <laughs> I will say yeah. it more succinctly now. Um, so some of the words that we're using are um, either no longer respectable or have evolved into a, a strong slur of some type. Um I think this will probably make up the rest of the podcast episode. So if you do not want to be exposed to that, um, go ahead and, and skip to the end. And, uh, you know, more power to you for for boundary setting. Um, that's that's good. Boundaries are important. But if not, then let's get ready to rumble. All right. Uh, so I just Googled LGBT slang. That's where okay. we're going to get some of the first ones. Uh, if you were to hear a 100 footer, what do you think the meaning would be? 100 footer? 100 footer. <laughs> um, I know, right? This could go several directions. I feel like, uh, is this, uh, I don't know. Okay, so the meaning listed is an obviously gay or lesbian person as if visible from 100 feet. So this probably <laughs> wow. is more inclusive than just gay or lesbian, right? It's probably any queer folk, whether they're non-binary yeah. or, or trans or, or whatnot. Wow, that's, that's, that's a lot of assuming there. <laughs> oh, yes, that is very yeah. fair. <laughs> like, hey, look how gay I am look <laughs> okay so this is actually some feedback that i get with my family about how how uncomfortable they are with how many rainbows i wear and i swear uh -huh. i have a rainbow set of flip-flops <laughs> and a rainbow face mask and that's hey, all right that's too much rainbow apparently i'm a hundred footer uh -huh. uh, apparently uh you need more gay stuff i i apparently. agree like um I had this amazing Supergirl necklace that uh, was rainbow colored, and I can't find it. I suspect it was a child that I love uh, that borrowed it and then oh. never. Okay. Borrowed so, do you want to look up a list also, yes. and then you yes. can just ask me that? That way, I'm not the. So queer, like queer, or just anything? Uh, LGBT you... slang. Um, I've got a list from Autostraddle, which I think might be fun. I usually am happy to plug Autostraddle. Um, I've been made aware that there is some issues with uh, how they've treated some of their minority staff, but uh, I think that that is something that's being actively worked to resolve and be better at. If I'm wrong, then maybe we won't be plugging Autostraddle anymore in the future okay well i mean if you want to go to the same uh wikipedia page um 
I got um Okay, I got some here. Okay. I think this is like mostly gay slang phrases. That works, so, yeah. Um <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to find some more PG ones here. There's some Ah uh, yes. So, so while you're doing that, do I mean do we want to keep? I mean maybe we can. We already gave a warning, so maybe this is the second warning that we're gonna get saucy. <laughs> is that, is that yes, this is your. If you skipped ahead on accident, <laughs> sorry. Okay, so how about Girl Scout? And the context is that this is a gay jargon yes gay jargon i have i mean my mind is going to lots of places uh i don't know what what is the okay um it's a military man on leave that's currently seeking sex okay yeah interesting all right, so <laughs> here's one that you might get. I did not when I was reading through it. Guess it right. Um, Ace of Spades. Ace of Spades. Oh, hell. Uh, I don't know. It uh, is someone who identifies as both aromantic and asexual. That makes sense. And then an ace of hearts is someone who identifies as a romantic asexual. Okay. Oh, so so they're they're ace but not arrow. Oh, okay. Um, fun tidbit here uh, that we might be able to add is it's my understanding that black rings, solid black rings worn on the thumb, ring finger, or middle finger, are often ways that aces um, identify themselves to other folks or i guess flag hey i'm not interested in this this type of interaction oh gosh if we are going to go uh uh saucy maybe we should include a, a brief discussion of the um the hanky code uh at the end okay how about bull dagger um, I'm guessing this is related to, like the the bull dyke pejorative. Um, is that? Yep, okay. a masculine woman closely related to butch lesbian. Also, see diesel lesbian, a term referring to queer women who look like truck drivers. Oh, okay. Apparently, that is a thing. I, I imagine that these may be more pejorative. I mean, I know that I like being called <laughs> a dyke because I'm a a butch woman who loves women yeah. um but i know Hell that yeah. for some that is not the case uh so hint to people trying to like flatter me in a romantic fashion uh i like um i like diesel lesbian or you know i like that yeah what I heard, it was like, okay, cool. Somebody who works works with engines and and vehicles and stuff. I, you know, um, I just need to go buy a, a diesel truck, I guess. You know, because I look like a 
a diesel dri- truck driver, apparently. Okay. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I you know my when I think truck driver because I've been watching a lot of uh, independent movies and like riff tracks. Uh, I think unshaved Chuck Norris, which is or shaved Chuck Norris, which is so weird. Like, there's a reason he has a mustache. There is too much lip between his nose. <laughs> no, there's no such thing. Like everybody, I take that back. I don't need to be shaming nobody about how they they look. And that's that's not fair. It was just like I've always seen Chuck Norris with facial hair, and it was really weird uh, watching some of the trucker shows with anyhow i do you have one for me do i have one for you whose turn is it uh it was your turn i can go though i don't care either way uh so here's one that you will probably know uh beard uh is that the term that to describe a uh perhaps a hairier gay man uh maybe No, that's a good guess, though. So a bear is a oh yeah, uh, a, bear. A, a large, often hairy gay man. Yes. Uh, a beard is a person who who either dates or um, you're married to, or or you appear to have a relationship um, with them, and it conceals your orientation. So um, they often will refer to um, a woman dating, say, a, a gay male or gay man um, as his beard. Um, oh. And then I believe the inverse of that is uh, for a lesbian or, or individual not attracted to men. Uh, it's a merkin, which is a term that also describes... Um, like a wig for a uh, female uh, genital area. Um, do do you do you think it's possible for a person to a beard to date a merkin, as you say? Oh yeah, no. Uh, this is actually a very common, um, especially in history. When you look back, um, you'll find successful marriages between individuals who obviously had no. Or you were making a joke, and I just missed the joke, didn't you? No, I was going to oh, say, okay. do you think Romeo and Juliet was was a beard in a merkin? You know what? I've seen the acting in one of them, <laughs> and there was definitely some stuff between Romeo and some of his pals. So maybe. Okay. <clears throat> I've got one for you here. Okay. Heady. Heady. H-E-T-T-Y. How's it spell? Oh, H-E-D-E-Y. H-E-T-T-Y. Oh. Hetty. I don't know. Shortened version of the word heterosexual. Oh, my gosh. I love it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm so embarrassed that I didn't get Hetty. that. I know, but I, I didn't think of it either when I read it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. That's great. So, like, good thing that this this list actually does not is not only 100 gay oh playing, yeah so i'm well, reading it so on that, that matter uh oh no if i ask it now you'll know okay bi-fi how about this one <laughs> what does bi-fi mean is it like the gaydar version of uh of bisexual or yeah so it looks like okay. it is used 
for the M spec and folks who aren't familiar with that term, um, M spec is usually used to refer to like a, a, a multitude of attractions. So that could be by um, pan. Uh, I, I know that there are terms that are used to describe somebody who's only attracted to um, folks on the feminine spectrums or masculine or uh, whatnot. So I imagine bi-fi or variations of that would would work as well. Okay. <laughs> um, here we go. Here we go. Hoyden. 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 Oh my! I don't know. It's slang from Britain in the 16th century to refer to an untamable wild woman or a tomboy. Okay. I like that. I'm also a hoarding. I'm untamable. Uh, we should plug uh, Glennon Doyle. What is it? Untamed? Go read it. Yeah. It's, it's Actually, we were actually we we're both reading at the same time, weren't we? Um, I oh. still haven't finished it. I haven't either. <laughs> I've 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 been doing a lot of uh, uh, Doctor Who and like short fiction recordings. Um, although the other day I read the uh, standards of care for the W path. W path. I, I read it all the way through so that when I go wow. in in a couple of months to have the conversation about uh, uh, GRS. Yeah. Okay, sorry. You had one for me, or am I asking? No, I'm sorry. I just, uh, I just read one, but this, <laughs> these are bad. This is funny. But go ahead, go ahead. Your turn. Your turn. Okay. So yes, a lot of these terms have to do with fellatio or other uh, sex acts. Um, breeder. How about this one? Uh so would that be like a top another word for a top maybe or no so in this case it is a reference to a heterosexual person um especially when oh well i've just heard like the term breed a bull ah okay so i was trying to put two and two together but i i see what you mean now they're breeder like yeah i got you now that's funny <laughs> Okay, how about this $9 bill? A $9 bill? I'm yeah. guessing this is uh, a reference to uh, penis length. No, no? okay. No. An extremely outward homosexual, one three times more flaming than someone who is queer than a $3 bill. I love that. that <laughs> I was thinking it was going to be so mean or or like no. it like a size queen situation, but no. I, I, Okay. Uh, cruising. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm so this, this, I believe, is also uh, used in, in het spaces, cishet spaces. Um, it's seeking a casual uh, sex encounter. Oh. You know, I've heard that term. I just didn't put two and two together. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure I've used that term with you while we were chatting. So. Ooh. How about wolf? Ooh, okay. 
So I have been learning about chickens and chicken hawks. I am going to guess that it is um, maybe someone not quite a bear there it's 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 a uh, it's a, a gay male um maybe i i know that short a little bit wider and hairy is often called an otter is it like a tall skinny hairy guy it says <clears throat> a gay male who is neither a twink nor a bear but falls somewhere in between the two poles similar to a cub Okay, I was going to actually... Cub was one of the things that I was going to... Um, so... Because you asked that one. Deer. Deer? Uh-huh. D-E-A-R or D-E-E-R? D-E-E-R. Ooh. I'm going to go with something wild, probably, because... Deer are pretty jumpy, and I don't know. Okay, so on the Wikipedia page, it looks like it is similar to, like, a wolf. Oh. Um, it's kind of in between those poles. <laughs> Can you repeat that? Um, so a deer, it, it looks like it's it's similar to a wolf. It's, it's a man who tends to fall evenly between... Um, like a fox twink or a beer cup bear cup <laughs> okay that makes sense um do you you're laughing did you come across a good one yeah yeah i mean there's a bunch of good ones it's so it's there's a lot <laughs> let's see if i can let's see if i know any of them all right how about Basket shopping. Basket shopping. I don't know. When cruising or checking someone out, it's a British term that also uh, refers to examining the object of your affection's private areas through their clothing. Okay, I was a lot closer to the answer than I thought. I should have. I should have guessed. Yeah, you should have. <laughs> There's a lot of British uh, slang on here, apparently. All right. Oh. Well. This is 50. There's 50 on this list. Okay. So how about a fruit fly? A fruit fly? Hmm. I'm guessing an annoying person, maybe? that. I think these people could be described as annoying. Apparently, it is a woman who mostly associates or exclusively associates with guy guy gay or bisexual men oh like okay yeah like the one that wants to have her bachelorette party at the you know at the gay bar that one yeah stuff like that Ooh, i've got a good one after your next one all right 
All right. So, how about passion fruit? I mean, that sounds like a euphemism for a vulva. But that's also usually like a citrusy fruit is used for euphemisms for vulvas. Um, I don't know what is the old Hollywood term for referring to an extremely straight acting and traditionally masculine male. Oh, so so like Cary Grant. <laughs> or or is it is it not somebody who acted straight? No, they act straight. Okay. Okay. Have I <clears throat> platinum star? Oh, platinum. Are you asking me? Yeah. Have you a person who has never had sex with like a person of a different sex from them? Okay. Um, so that's really close. Um, and like that's kind of more of a gold star is is a, a gay or lesbian oh. person who's only ever had um a homosexual intercourse uh platinum star is used for gay men who are born by a c-section so they've never had contact oh with... yeah <laughs> okay wow at all like <laughs> okay you know I, th wow. those are those are aspects of the community that for me it's like I mean, it's fine to give people gold stars for things, but like... For that? For that, exactly. Alright, do you have another one? How about Ursula? Um, so I'm guessing this is a reference to drag queens. Um, I know that the Disney character Ursula was modeled after a specific drag queen, and I can't remember her name at the moment. Okay, so it's actually a queer woman, queer woman who hangs out with bears. Oh, also, okay. Also called a Goldilocks. <laughs> okay, so so uh, uh, Ursine is uh, uh, and Ursa are, I think they're one's Latin and one or they're maybe they're both Latin and for for bear. So that makes sense. Okay, here's one that if you don't get, like, it's gonna be bad. It'll it'll be bad. <laughs> okay. What does the term packing refer to? I mean, the only thing I can think of is like a trans man's, you know, like yeah. when they, okay. So, so, so it's the act of wearing, um, padding or a phallic, phallic object to present the appearance of a penis. And yes, I that... know that for a lot of folks, um, even if this is something simple, like a sock filled with, um, other socks or cloth, or I don't or recommend rice um or other things that when they can get wet they can start to um rot or uh uh what's the word decompose oh, decompose um sprout that's the word i was thinking of i had i had somebody make me a uh wonderful one of those little microwave rice things but they use like lentils or something and it got wet and it eventually started sprouting stuff on the uh -huh. side Oops. All right, so your turn. Oh, okay. All right. How about uh, Saturday Night Lesbian? 
I'm guessing that this is somebody who acts straight during the week, but then gets their fun on during the weekend. Yep. Awesome. All right, unicorn. Uh, is this a girl or guy who has a threesome with a couple? So, yep. So a, a, a bi person who prefers to hook up with um, uh, hetero couples. Um, supposedly, uh. they're not easy to find. Um, I think that that's more a fact that the, the couples that are looking for unicorns are not the kind of folks that are willing to put in the time to romance and whatnot. Um, they just want sex. Yes. Which, there's space for that. You know, right. I'm, but just not as much. Well, and, and like, maybe don't use a stranger as part of this. <laughs> like, but sometimes a stranger wants that. Yeah, I've, uh, listen, as a, as a potential unicorn, um, I have had a lot of people hit me up on dating apps. <laughs> so, uh, mainly I would say, uh, a unicorn for two women would be okay but sorry i'm not interested in your your guy <laughs> well and you know there, there there seems to be this uh discordance in the guy and their personal hygiene with the girl uh how am i trying to say this like if you're looking to date a unicorn or have experience with the unicorns, then maybe you should do all the same things that you would do for a date or in preparation for a sexy time that is hygienic and whatnot that I don't know if that's anywho. Uh, yeah, let me find one more funny one. Let's see. Oh, uh, full house. I am thinking this because I mean, a full house is um, three of one kind and two of another kind, right? Yep. So I'm thinking that this might be orgy related. <laughs> no, is it that would poly, be a good way to. Is it no. polyamory? No, okay. Then what is the. A term used to denote having more than one sexually transmitted disease at one time. Oh. Well. Yeah. <laughs> I think that STIs and STDs aren't necessarily like super shameworthy. No, no, um, they're not. But, but, but I think somebody who is not getting tested is more likely to find that they have multiple situations than somebody who gets regularly tested as part of like a being a safe oh. sexual being. I don't, I don't yeah. know how to put that. Like, um, in the spaces I grew up, those sorts of things were also very considered taboo um, for me because I've worked with um, blood and things like that as part of my, my different jobs. Um, somewhat regular uh, STI checks were just part of my thing. There's a couple of things that you can get through blood. Um, it is a bodily fluid. Um, and it surprised me a little bit now that I've moved outside of some of that Mormon and conservative culture stuff. That still, when I'm chatting with people, that STI testing is still very much wrapped up in in like this taboo or or uh, you know somehow wrong, which I think is really sad and ridiculous. 
that that's where we're at in 2022. I agree. Thank you.